Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back into another episode of Battle Red Radio. I'm your host, Colt Molesky. I'm joined by co-host Corey DLG, producer Nico, and we're here breaking down everything that happened from a wild trade deadline. I saw Adam Schefter tweeted out that a record 10 deals happened to beat the deadline today. Pretty impressive stuff, guys. It was a it was a fun day for the NFL trade deadline for sure. It it was crazy. I do have one weird piece of trivia from all of this before we jump too far into anything. We can now officially declare a winner, I think. From the Trey Lance Miami Dolphins trade. If you remember two years back, San Francisco traded up to get Trey Lance and they traded with the Miami Dolphins and they gave up crazy draft capital. Yes. I think it was like five picks in total. So those picks were used to trade up to get uh, Waddle, the receiver. One of those picks was straight up for Tyreek Hill. And one of those picks was straight up for Brandon Chubb today. So San Francisco got Trey Lance, and Miami got Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and Brandon Chubb. Well, if you go back even further, didn't they get that pick originally because uh, they traded Laramie Tunsil? Oh, man, I hope not, because that, that hurts I thought... me even more. Is the I Trey thought, Lance trade I, this the... is this is from a, a football writer on Twitter, so take it with a grain of salt. But I thought that somebody had tied that back to the Laramie Tunsil All trade, right, Googling it. turning Waddle, Tyreek, and Chubb into, uh, or because they traded Tunsil. All right, I'm trying to Google it right now. I will have an answer for you in 18 seconds. I hope not, though. <laughs> Either either way, the the Dolphins clearly won the trade deadline. We we gotta get to some of these crazy trades because I think it's interesting to see what the the AFC South did as a whole and what that says about the conference. But before we do that, boys, we gotta talk about Brandon Cooks. Interesting day for Houston. A, a tech, the Houston Texans didn't do anything at the deadline. One of the guys who was kind of predicted to be traded. Brandon Cooks, of course, we talked about last week, does not get moved. He was not in practice today. He was going through and liking a ton of tweets talking about his possible movement at the trade deadline. <laughs> and now he's got a, I guess, show up to practice tomorrow. Does he show up to practice tomorrow? What does that relationship look like? He had a pretty quick, cryptic tweet that he sent out after the deadline had come and gone without him getting moved to a different team. What do you guys make of Corey? What do you make of all this? What's that relationship look like through the rest of the year? Uh, I, it's, it's complicated at this point. Uh, I'm trying to think of other examples. Cause you know me, I am a encyclopedic in my knowledge here. 
I'm trying to think of other examples of when teams have kind of been like, yeah, we're going to move you, and then they didn't. Um, this year, Wilcon Smith requested a trade at the beginning of the Bears' season, and the Bears said, no chance, bro. It's not going to happen. And he said, okay, I'll come to work. Um, however, after the Bears traded Robert Quinn to Philadelphia last week, Rokon Smith apparently staged a tantrum in the front office. Like, went in and was, like, looking people in the eye and was like, it's time for me to go. And they did, in fact, trade him. Um, so that, they were at least at Switzerland neutral status for a little bit. And then, after another trade, he was like, wait, wait, wait. If we're trading players, why are we not trading me? Um, I, I'm, it's re I'm really hard-pressed to think of a time when a team was like... No, 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 we're going to get rid of you, and then they decided to keep him and then tried to play through like it like it didn't happen. I can't think. Uh, oh, you know who? Um, the Seahawks with Earl Thomas, and that ended terribly. Terribly. Yeah. I think he came. I think he, or KD with the Nets. Well, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I was trying to say football, but yeah. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's not going to get any better anytime soon. Um. I think Earl Thomas, the Seahawks kept him. He breaks his leg on the field on like a primetime game, and as they're carting him off the field, he flicks off his own sidelines, specifically points at Pete Carroll and flicks him off again. Yeah, that was in a Cardinals game, I yeah. believe. So, no, I can't think of an instance where it went really well post-non-trade, after everything falls apart. And, okay... The answer he, for the Laramie Tunsil thing? Oh. Yes. The And the Dolphins still have one uh. fifth rounder in 2025. Basically, the, the four picks they got for Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills, they flipped some with San Francisco and some other places. They still have one more fifth round pick to go. But as a result of that Laramie Tunsil trade, Julian Davenport, Johnson, Batamosa, Noah Ego Bonaggi, Jalen Waddle, Jevin Holland, Tyreek Hill, Channing Tindall, Eric Ezukanma, and Bradley Chubb. So they got about five starters out of that deal. They uh, they fleeced some folks. So basically, what you're saying is the Texans had to die for the Dolphins. The to, Texans, to the fly. Texans, and the 49ers both <laughs> had to die for the Dolphins to fly. That's a lot of fleecing right there. Let me. That is, yeah, absolute fleecing. Uh, the Brandon Cooks, though. So after the trade deadline tweets out, don't take a man's kindness for granted. Covered for the lies for too long these days are done. Cross the line with my playing career. Cross the line with playing with my career. That was from his Twitter account. Uh, how, how deep do we want to read into oh. this? Because there's a version of this where it's like he just... He's had problems with his organization before and the way they've operated this and the way that they're going about being fine losing. Uh, or you could get a little more conspiracy theory-esque and say, does this have something to do with some maybe Easterby and some uh, and some Deshaun Watson stuff and covering for 
covering for other people and for maybe some of the nastier parts of this organization a couple of years ago. Uh, listen, if you love a good conspiracy theory, then this is everything you've ever dreamed of, right? This is a disgruntled <laughs> frontline active employee that's unfireable because of his salary who is miserable where he's at and not afraid to embarrass everybody. This is everything you've ever dreamed of. You're like, please, please, please spill the beans and let it be dramatic and huge and crazy. Let this guy be about to embarrass them. So, okay, here's everything going on in the Texas organization that potentially could be embarrassing. It could have something to do with the lawsuit they were named in that calls them racist. Uh, it could have something to do with the fact that Deshaun Watson uh, allegedly received some Texans help and resources in his quest to be inappropriately touched by every masseuse on Instagram. Um, it could be the fact that there was a youth pastor who basically was helping run the NFL team. Uh, it could have something to do with the fact that the owner for a couple weeks didn't even have furniture in his office and was sitting on the ground playing video games when several players met him. It could have something to do with the fact that they actively go out and try their best to kill stories about the players. There's all kinds of stuff that the Texans potentially could be embarrassed by in this situation. Or it could just be that Brandon Cooks is running his mouth because he's a diva wide receiver and he's really upset that after they gave him $30 million that now they want to trade him. Um, I don't know why he would be mad about wanting to be tr about trying to trade him off this team. It's got to be the biggest favor in the world. Considering Davis Mills is hanging everybody out to dry. Like when Brandy Cooks caught that long ball last week against Tennessee, he was double covered and it took him like two minutes to get to his feet and walk to the sidelines. Like, yeah, why would he like send me anywhere else? Is there a quarterback who knows what his receivers look like? I'll play there. Um, I, I'm not sure. But they didn't move him. I think that's where is that the, where the, is that he's the now mad that the they, problem is. So I will say this. Is that they, is that he's been around on a roster where they're not actively trying to win. Uh, they've been pretty blunt about building for the future, while also bringing in guys so, like a Brandon Cooks who clearly want to to try and win now, uh, or at least try and be professionals now and in, in trying these games. Well, I guess there's uh, two different things there, right? Like if you want to win, that's one thing. You're kind of at the the you're you're on the downside of your career. If you're ever going to help actively win a Super Bowl, it's within the next two or three years. I understand what he's saying there. If he's saying, we try to be professionals, well, the most professional thing you could do is just to shut up and show up, right? Like, that's professional. So I guess the only way it can really be that these tweets are that he's angry that he's still on this bad team is if he's tired of losing. But if he's tired of losing, I mean, don't you think the rest of this organization is too? Like, no one's happy about losing at this point. They're just not built to win yet and there's nothing that's going to happen in a trade deadline that fixes that i don't i don't know i get i get, I get his frustration um i took it to mean that he was upset with the way they were kind of publicly yo-yoing him uh, that's what i took it to mean because a Do lot we, of guys don't like their stuff being out in the public like this is it possible in the nfl to get the james harden treatment like when he the last days <laughs> on the rockets where he's clearly not trying and he's jogging around. I don't take this the wrong way. The, you have the old cliche of half of playing at half speed is how you get hurt in the right. NFL. First of all, yes. But are we are we in the are we getting ready for potentially some games where they hike the ball and Brandon Cooks doesn't even run around? Don't take this the wrong way, but 
we wouldn't know too, too much of a difference if Brandon Cooks was playing full speed and not trying. We're not good. Well, the ball, the, the passes are going to be the same vicinity. Yeah, the passes are going to be the same vicinity. Catching him or not catching him, we have a lot of guys not catching balls right now, so it's not real. It wouldn't change too much to the bottom line if he stopped trying. That is kind of what I mean by that. Um, I, if he really wanted to get out of Houston, he could have just fought the wide receivers coach. <laughs> if, he re- like, if he really wanted out, what he should have done was not sign that extension. Why would he have signed that extension? I, that's what I don't understand. Because he, he signed that extension right around the time Deshaun Watson's going, I don't want to be here anymore. They dangled. That's the thing. I always, I, when people bring up certain guys in the NFL, like echoes, like where they talk about, um, who was, there was, uh, there's a great running back where they talk about, should he be in the Hall of Fame? And he had like five or six years playing. And then uh, the team he was mad I think he was with the Browns. Whoever he was mad at, he signed an extension because they weren't going to let him go. And then he retired like two or three years later. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Barry Sanders, the Lions. That's who it was. Barry Sanders wanted out of the Lions so bad that he was like, I, I need to leave. And then they offered him $70 million or $50 million at the time or whatever it was for another five or six years, and he signed it. Well, well, now I don't feel bad for you if you want out of Detroit. Like, you don't get to do both. You got to refuse that contract. Well, in a a sport that longevity is more rare than other sports and where so much of your contract is in, like, signing bonuses and incentive-laden, I guess it's probably hard to turn down that kind of stuff when those are the the ways that you get the money and you got to, you got it. Maybe there's a a little bit of a desperation to, well, you know, if I don't get this contract and then I bang on my knee and now, uh, people aren't, uh, I I can't get another contract. This is kind of my chance to get, uh, one more big payday before I'm bouncing around the league a little bit. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's part of it too. Is that just, Oh, for sure it is. The longevity and contract situations in the NFL maybe have a little more desperation from the players end of things as opposed to something like basketball or Well, baseball. even I would say basketball because one of my favorite – well, one of my saddest stories because I think he's a great – I thought he was a great fourth quarter guy. Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas, the second one, not the first one, the small guy who played for the Celtics uh, recently. He was he, – he came yeah. alive in fourth quarters, right? He would finish with 15 points in a fourth quarter uh, with a great efficiency rating and all these wonderful things. And he started to develop a problem with his hip. And he had two choices, surgery or play through the playoffs. He chose to play through the playoffs because the Celtics told him they were going to take care of him. Come the end of that season, though, Cleveland offers Kyrie Irving in a draft pick for Isaiah Thomas and some other stuff. So they trade him. So he never gets that extension. That extension would have been at that time probably four years, $45, $55 million. Instead, he bounces around the league for three years because the hip never gets right because then eventually he needs two different surgeries. He misses two whole years. It's a mess. The guy never really he's, – he's still in the league right now, but he never gets his money. Like nobody's ever given Isaiah Thomas the bag ever since. And that sucks for him. Like I feel bad for him. And I understand why he did what he did with the assumption that the franchise was going to take care of him. And I understand the flip side where the franchise was like, yeah, but then things changed so we got off this crazy trade package. So I get both sides of the argument. I truly, truly do. But you're always responsible for your own situation. 
And so if Brandon Cooks won at $30 million, and, and, and look, I think it was a bad contract, and when the Texans offered it to him, it was probably more money than his agent thought he was going to get anywhere else. And there probably was the conversation between him and his people, if he's got people. I don't. Some, some guys don't have people anymore. Lamar Jackson's negotiating his own contract, and that blows my mind. Um, but I'm sure he sat down with his people and said stuff along the lines of, you know, this is a lot of money. $30 million is more than a lot of receivers are ever going to make in the NFL. You've been traded five times during one rookie contract. I, I don't see how you don't take this deal, Brandon. And so he probably took it. He took the extension. I think it, I think overall it was like a three-year extension. And these last two years are worth 18 and I think 15 or 18 and 12 or something like that. And that's a lot of money for him. That's a, that's a, that's a ton of money. It's a ton of money for anybody. But it's a lot of money for a wide receiver who's never been on a great team. And even though we keep talking about how consistent he is, if you've never been like a playoff guy, a this guy, a that guy, it's hard to get this kind of money. So I understand him taking it. I understand why it was offered. Actually, I understand less why it was offered, but I do understand wanting to keep players you think are good. But you can't turn around and complain now, is my feeling. I think you just have to bite your tongue and say, look, when when we thought we were going to be great, it was good to be here. Um, unless you're willing to give up the money, then I don't think you can say anything. Like J.J. Watt offered to pay back some of his signing bonus to leave. And Houston was like, look, you're J.J. Watt. You can just go. We've got some other trade deadline stuff to get to. Before we get to that, though, I have one final thought on the Brandon Cook stuff. Uh, it was the, the rumor was that it, they were close to a Dallas deal that didn't, never materialized. Uh, my question, Corey, is does it surprise you more that the aggressive – it seems like win now uh, desire from Jerry Jones didn't kind of push this over the edge if they felt like they really needed another receiver to pair with CeeDee Lamb? Or are you more surprised that after not grabbing Chase Claypool and losing out to that trade to the Chicago Bears that the Packers didn't throw something at the Texans for Brandon Cooks knowing how badly Rodgers wants different or veteran receivers so i think the reason green bay calmed down a little bit in the trade market is because chicago traded roquan smith minnesota's five and one but everyone else is gettable in that division so green bay all of a sudden goes wait a minute we got a lot of good we got a lot of games left against bad teams still so maybe we can do this and we don't have to give up more future capital because we've started Everyone knows that Green Bay is cheap. Everyone knows that Green Bay values their draft picks at a really high priority. Everyone knows that they would rather bring in more people and just keep trying to bring in people and hope it works rather than pay guys to stay and play. So, to me, once Chicago... It was almost like a Cold War or a detente, you know? Like, Chicago's defense was so great and Minnesota was so good that Green Bay was worried about where they would place in the division. But once Chicago gives up Robert Quinn and, and Roquan Smith in the span of a, a week, basically, in the span of like three days, honestly, I don't know that you you don't feel as pressured anymore. So then you go, well, wait a minute. We could definitely beat a Chicago that doesn't have Robert Quinn or Roquan Smith. So are we as concerned? Especially as wide open as the NFC is. 
So I think that that was kind of their. I don't know. Minnesota's still six and one. Six though. And That's one. a pretty big no, they gap. Are. I don't think they, they are. I don't think where... they think they're going to win the division. What I think they mean is what I think is they still have what three games against uh, Detroit and Chicago, right? Two against Detroit and one against Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So they got three very winnable games still on their schedule. Plus, I think they still play Minnesota one more time also. So. Well, I don't think they think they could maybe steal the division. I do believe that they think they're a wild card team. And Chicago getting Chicago purposefully making themselves worse may relaxed the pressure off of Green Bay. Because Chicago basically announced the division we're not competitive. And so them doing that kind of said to Green Bay, okay, well then we don't really need to go get another guy. We could probably beat Chicago with what we've got. Because surely Green Bay's offense can score more than 20 points, which I don't think Chicago's offense will ever do. So... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Um speaking speaking of signaling uh a message to the rest of the division, I think there's some AFC South stuff that we've got to get to. Before we get to more trade deadline madness though, Corey, let's hear from some sponsors. Absolutely. It's never a good idea to drink and drive, but what if you had had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk, but you get pulled over and arrested anyway? You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs. Someone who won't just plead you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has 100 hours of hands-on instruction in a lab learning the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer ACS qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist because these cases aren't like other kinds of cases. Your positive outcomes may very well depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. Attorney Brian Asen is a designated lawyer scientist, and the lawyers at Asen Law Firm have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. That's Asin Law Firm at 832-209-2297 or visit DWILawyerHouston.com. It's time to trade in your mask for face masks. Load up the hoppers and go to war with your friends. Too hot? Too rainy? Too cold? Splat Zone has you covered. Literally. It's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round up the family and get to 11260 Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball today. 11260 Hempstead, Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Splat Zone is a great, low-impact, family-friendly experience, and if you use their website to make reservations, you can get 5% off by using the code BATTLEREDSPLAT. That's 5% off by using the code BATTLEREDSPLAT. Go ahead and go to 11260 Hempstead and check so them out today. That's Splat one, Zone Indoor. There was a couple moves just in the AFC South in general. You have the, uh, I mean, not crazy big moves, but you did have 
Uh, Hines going to the Bills from the Colts roster. And then uh, one of the bigger moves of the day was Calvin Ridley going to the Jags. And you mentioned how uh, the Bears moves could signal how they feel about this season and how they're looking at this season and what that tells other teams in the division. So if you're looking at the day's activity, what do you think the activity from other AFC South teams signals to the division as a whole? Because I feel like the moves or lack of moves maybe from some teams kind of signals uh, that most of this division is fine with letting the Titans take it again. Uh, no, I think you're 100% right. I think that's kind of – first of all, I think the first signal from the Colts is that we're going to fire our head coach. I think that's what they're saying. Um, how, what do you think of that? Do you think they're – do you think Frank Reich is going to be around next year? Interesting. I'm not sure. It definitely doesn't seem like they're going for it. I, I feel like if you thought that you still had a chance to make a run, you would have been more aggressive at the at the deadline for sure and tried to get some more pieces, maybe beef up the defense a little bit, maybe add some pieces on offense, go for a receiver maybe. Instead, they trade their backup running back to the Bills and – don't do anything else really. And then the Jags are trading for a suspended receiver. Right. And so, I mean, it clearly they've lost their several games in a row. They're looking nothing like the team that beat the chargers. What was that week three, I mm -hmm. believe. And so it feels like they're saying, you know what? We're actually not as close as we thought we were a couple weeks of the season to being a functional team. Uh, and so we're going to wait until next year, get some more draft picks uh, and the Colts clearly have some things to figure out this offseason. It it does feel like – and then you had no no movement from the Texans. So it does feel like the whole division already is kind of just seeding this year again to the Titans. Well, and there's one other aspect to it. It was kind of driving me crazy, so I Googled it earlier today. There's some implications to Matt Ryan's contract renegotiations when he traded over to the Colts. The Colts adjusted his contract, okay? So 24.7 this year is fully guaranteed, and 12 million is fully guaranteed um, for 2023 already. If he is to retire before March 18th, he gets, I think, another 17 million, it looks like, that's set up, that's guaranteed for injury. But his dead money is only $6 million. Or, yeah, but if he retires... Okay, here's what it is. If he retires before March 18th, only $6 million in dead money. If he's on the roster the third day of the, the league year, he gets the $17 million in guaranteed money, and his dead money becomes 18 So I think they're trying to induce him to retire by announcing that he's not going to play again the rest of the year, that he's done. Also, if they fire this head coach in the offseason... I don't think he's going to stick around. Yeah, all that makes sense and all that all that feels like a team that's really kind of bailing on this season. Uh, well, and that's and that's that is what the trades to me mean. Swap moving Hines. I mean, why are you getting rid of pieces if if you if you think you're going to make a like this is Frank Reich's fourth year. He's either the guy or he's not the guy. And so to move pieces away in the fourth year of a coach's run is not a good sign, unless you're the Patriots. Um, and Jacksonville, 
It's their head coach's first year. It's Trevor Lawrence's second year. There's talk that everyone still believes Trevor Lawrence is the guy, that they think the mistakes that he's making on the field are correctable, that they think they can kind of coach him into seeing things the way the head coach sees things on the field. So getting him better weapons. And Ridley, at one time, was a good weapon. He was a great third wide receiver for the, for the Falcons. I don't know... I don't know what he has right now. I don't. I don't know what it's going to look like when he comes out of suspension. I don't, and I don't know what it's going to look like when he's running routes for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like that doesn't. It's not the same thing, right? So, I'm not sure. It does say to me that both teams have given yeah, up on this. Yeah, it, it was interesting too that the Titans looked around and said, "You know what? We're good. We." <laughs> well that's that's very Mike Vrabel that's very the Patriots right like how often do the Patriots like they will tweak things like oh we an alignment went down okay let's go let's go trade for alignment from another team but just sitting around and looking around the league they always like who they have so that's a very Mike Vrabel thing also they just destroyed well that's the other thing too is that like running I don't know why maybe they, they need to well, patch some stuff up on their on their their roster and maybe they've got guys that they can move around and say, Oh, we like this guy to fill in there. But they looked around and said, you know what? We don't, we don't need to bring any, we can take this division. We're fine taking this division and we'll just figure out along the way of how we can beat some of these teams in the well, playoffs when the, uh, the weather gets worse and all that stuff. But we don't need any help being this division and we'll figure out how to become a better playoff team along the way. Maybe. Well, they really don't. Okay, well, let's put it this way. Let's before you play the Texans, if you're Tennessee, and, ten, and the Texans have played everyone really close, really close games, but they haven't been able to finish them, but really close. You would probably say to yourself, "Oh yeah, maybe we should shore up a little bit." You never know. Like these guys are tough. But after you whip us like you did, and the rest of the conference, the rest of the division is so just poor. Well, I mean, no, I'm like not saying they're wrong. I just think it's a, it, you can learn some things about how a team <laughs> yeah, acts yeah. at the trade deadline for sure. Yeah. And I, I, I don't blame them. I, I feel like they are, they're as right as right can be for that. I mean, I kind of look around and wonder why, why wouldn't they like <laughs> this division is awful. And I've been saying all year that we were one of the worst rosters in the NFL, but I like how we played. And I like that we've been coached well. And I was dead wrong about the Texans, about the Titans game. I really thought because statistically we were so close in every category that we were going to go out there and be able to match up with them. But the reality is our roster is so bad that we just don't have the horses. When a team has a top, a top flight running back, we're going to, we're going to get run over yeah. every time. It, uh, so yeah, there's no reason to be scared of us. It's pretty rough. Speaking speaking of which, we got to get do some picks because they have an early game against the Eagles on Thursday night football as opposed to playing on Sunday. So we got to end this episode with some picks. Real quick before we do that, though, we've got to get to some sponsors. Before we do all that, this is pretty easy, though. But it, who won the trade deadline? It's the Dolphins, okay. right? You could you could try and make a case for like yeah I, well the Vikings, I think they won it but it's already. The uh, <laughs> I don't I don't mean <laughs> yeah I think they won it already and then on top of it, um I don't you know what though I don't hate what Baltimore did they didn't give up a lot to get Roquan Smith 
Now, they're going to have to give him a contract extension, but that's okay. They gave him a second and a fifth to get, I mean, probably the top or top three, at least, middle linebacker in the in the NFL. Um, so I'll put them up there as a runner-up. Uh, but what, Dol- what the Dolphins have been doing quietly and through a very tumultuous regime, because you got to think, they changed head coaches during this whole Laramie Tunsil drama. And on top of that, the old coach sued the owner for trying to lose on purpose and for tampering and for being racist. So they're somehow a mess, but also incredibly skilled and efficient with how they're handling Yeah, and you think about trades. all the snaps that like their backup and third-string quarterback have played this season with injuries to their starter, and they're still – and they still look fantastic. They still are like finding ways to like, – win these games or then like get healthy and, and get everything back in order. And it's like, there's just, there's stuff that keeps rocking the boat, but they're not going to capsize. It seems. Although I got to say this. No, they, 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 and it's a first year head coach and he's a non-traditional football guy and nothing has bothered these guys. These guys have managed all of it. I will say this though. It's very easy to be a great quarterback in the NFL. If you have a big arm and all of your receivers are the fastest human beings on the planet. There's not a quarterback in the NFL who can outthrow Tyreek. That's though. true, but that's also so, just like you talk about like I do think that Jim does... Harbaugh and how he has uh or excuse me John Harbaugh how he has been praised for bringing in a, a system for Lamar Jackson and, and a system that works for him. But you put Tua in a system that works for him and you see the same results. I mean, that's what you had is deep route concepts and guys streaking down the field at Alabama too. And now you have that happening where it's just got like these long crossing routes to Hill or to Waddle, uh, just kind of streaking open to to create these gaps because of their speed in the defense. Uh, and, and it's working again where it's like, oh, a, a system that was actually created for him and an offensive coordinator that actually has something conducive to his style and it's working crazy. But Are you saying it's refreshing to see an NFL team that doesn't yes, think they know better exactly than the player's skill set? exactly what I'm saying. It set? is refreshing. I, it, it is absolutely refreshing. It is. It's interesting to watch what happens when you take a guy and you go, these, is, these are the things he can do, these are the things he can't do, and then you build a playbook around the things he can do. Because I'll tell you this, I don't believe in Tua Tyus of Boso as a long-term how do you do that? I don't understand. Like the letters don't match the noises, so I don't understand that. Um, and I'm Hispanic, and it still doesn't look right to me. Um, but it almost looks Cyrillic. Like, are we sure that Samoans aren't Russian? Have we looked into that? Um, but but the reality is, I don't think two is a, like an NFL level quarterback. I see a lot of throws he can't make to the sidelines, to the edges, those those short posts when you come up six yards and then angle towards the sidelines, eight yards up. You know. Those, those plays you're supposed to be able to make when you got to get the field goals in the last two minutes of a game, I don't see him able to make those throws. He's he's kind of slower to those outside lines, and those are the ones where he gets picked off and housed on. But when they go deep, the guy can do it. And I and I, I do commend Miami for just being like, all right, well, then we'll just start deep and we'll build out the rest of it. And I think that that's – it is. It's refreshing to see a team who's willing to just be like, let's try. Like, like let's just try with who we have. Because also remember, every chance they get, they try As to replace As a him. longtime member of Tunan, ignore everything he just said. Tua is amazing. 
they're going to be good in the playoffs. I uh, two anon before we before we get to some picks, Corey. Let's hear from some more sponsors. <laughs> that was okay. I love a good pun. That was fantastic and horrible at the same. That was almost a war crime. That was great, Colt. That was oh my god. Yeah, have you never Two seen this on Twitter? Is that a thing? No, I did not know that oh anybody else on the planet said the words QAnon. That is insanity. Uh, um, <laughs> okay, do that. That is hilarious. Okay, uh, let me tell you guys about the Adventure Begins uh, Comics, Games, and Boards right there on 1488, 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, right there, Suite 130 in Conroe, Texas, the Marcel Town Center. It's clean, it's family-friendly, it's well-lit. It is absolutely the place to go and do your nerd shopping needs. But if you're listening to this show, you're going, Corey, I'm not a nerd. I like sports. Of course you do. You're going to go upstairs to the Adventure Begins Stadium where they sell sports cards and sports memorabilia. They have all kinds of great stuff for you. The staff that's in that little part of the store is sports knowledgeable out the wazoo. They know the sports cards market. They know the sports game market. They can get you what you need to make you a very happy camper. They sell all the top brands, Panini, Upper Deck, all that different stuff. Get on up there to the Adventure Begins Stadium and shop your little sports hard out at one of the best places to do all of your nerd and sports shopping. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and more in the Adventure Begins Stadium at the Marcel Town Center. All right, Colton, I'm now a two-and-on convert, Beautiful. just on name alone. Um, I apologize for every Glad to have you. Said. Uh, let's get to the <laughs> quickest pick segment that, that we will ever have. Eagles on the road in Houston okay, playing I'm Houston ready. Texans. Uh, the Eagles are 14 point, 14 point favorites on the road. Over unders at 45. Uh, this is pretty simple. Texas are really bad. Eagles are really really good. I'm taking minus 14. I'm taking the under. This is gonna be horrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gonna be rough. I am gonna. I, I'm gonna take the. Uh, Eagles with the 14. I'm going to take the over. Um, because I think the Texans can can score 7 to 10 points. The Eagles don't play the same kind of defense that Tennessee does. The Eagles are playing great, but Tennessee's defense was monstrous. That was a that was a horror show. I think I um, think this game is going to end up being like 35. Their nose tackle was, was in our backfield every play. So I think it's going to be bad. I think it's going to be like thirty-five to ten, but thirty-five to ten hits right at the edge of it. So I think, I think if the Texans put up between ten and twenty points, I think they still lose big. I think they, I don't think they cover at all, but I do think that they have their opportunity to uh, to make up for Sunday night, for Sunday day. By the way, it was a three o'clock game in Houston. That's a, we never do those. That's a mess. Who? Why did anyone do that to us? A prime, a primish game where a prime, whole region prime of country can watch us just get embarrassed. That was awful. And now Thursday night against Phil. Yeah, and now and now Thursday prime time against the best team in the NFL. This is fantastic. I don't know who's who's scheduling this stuff, but second best team in the poor, NFL. Is the Bills are poor Al Michaels. He's gonna he's gonna hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> At least there will be touchdowns. At least there will be touchdowns. Like. He's had to cover about three games that had game. nine points in them. So he'll be at they least should let Al have a little like uh, a little cocktail during this game. Just Alan a little, just a little something to take the edge off. This is gonna be a game. tough one. 
Do you think – is there any possible way the NFL scheduling knew that the Phillies would be in the World Series and that the Astros no, would be playing? No playing? chance. Yes. Do you think this is just a massive Absolutely. coincidence? That's an impressive one because there's the only – this is the and only week gonna it be, could happen that way. Philly is going to be out of control if the Eagles are 8-0 and the Phillies win uh, another World Series game. And, yep, and they go three. They go up three one. They're the gonna same be out of control. This and you know what's gonna be uh, worse about this game is that the Eagles just consistently like put it on teams in the first half and kind of go cruise control in that second half. So you're gonna go into halftime and it's probably gonna be like twenty eight to zero. Why shouldn't it? And then, and then you're gonna be sweating. Like, are they gonna are are they gonna score? Like, We're gonna be sweating if, if you put any <laughs> dough on the game. But most people are just gonna flip this thing off at the half. I would say. Well, you're gonna be listen. Most people, if you care about either one of these teams, you care True. more about what's 100%. going on on the baseball game. That's what's stupid about this game. This Thursday night game is gonna be the least watched Amazon Prime event in the history of Amazon Prime live events, and I think the the history is like two years old. Um, this is going to be record-setting in the negatives because there's a World Series game going on between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros. If you're, at the same time. If you're Al Michaels, though, and you have to sit through that second half, that's tough. <laughs> no, you kick back, you're drinking a bourbon, you have the baseball game on. It's just speeding through on your mic. <laughs> and you just do play-by-play of the baseball game over the – yeah. You have a TV up. Like, don't even hide it. Put the back of a TV on the screen so the viewers know you're watching a yeah, baseball game. Yeah, this is gonna too. be, this is gonna be an ugly game. So you're taking, you're taking the 14 and the over. Nico, what you got in this game? Uh, I think I'm gonna have to agree with Corey yeah. for once in my life. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's just it, it we're so just gonna good. lose by like a trillion points. I think we're gonna lose big, but we are gonna score a little bit. We we our offense is going to come out and try and prove something. They may even try and keep up with them in the beginning. That might be where the points come from. That's where the picks are going to come from. <laughs> How what what what's what is more likely to happen? Or you know what? Who has more? Who has more? Does Darius Slay have more picks, or does AJ Brown have more touchdowns? Um, well, AJ Brown had three touchdowns last yep. week, but Darius Slay Darius had a Slay, prime time game had... against Kirk Cousins. Where didn't he have three picks? Uh, yes, but Kirk Cousins won that game. By the way, Kirk Cousins undefeated in prime time television. <laughs> uh, write that down. Oh wait, that's none of that's true. <laughs> no, that is true. He's or it's he's undefeated in like Sunday Night Football or something like that. It's weird. Kirk Cousins has never lost like. It's either Sunday night or Monday night football. One of those two. Kirk Cousins is undefeated. And he's like seven and zero. False. Because first of all, the F- Eagles are flawless. So Kirk Cousins did not win that game. Uh, now you're gonna make me look this up. Who does? Who they look they the the Vikings. I think they lost that game like twenty four to ten or something. Twenty four seven. They looked horrible in that game. You're thinking of somebody else. Because uh, be. Kirk Cousins is historically bad Who's in prime the... time. Uh, I think he is. Hang on, hang on, hang on. All right, I'm googling it right now. I might have to. We might have to make this a tweak. You're 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 looking at the. You're thinking of the wrong quarterback. I promise. 
I might be. I, I promise. I might be. It was a weird footnote. It was a weird footnote going into one of the games this year, and he still won it. And I and they were talking about how. Um. They're, talking, they're like, this guy is still undefeated. As somebody from Minnesota who knows so many Vikings fans, I promise you Kirk Cousins is bad in prime time. <laughs> and he definitely did not win. The The Eagles are flawless. Uh, so, yeah, I I don't know. Is, is this going to be a, a nightmare for, for Davis Mills? And it's gonna be it's gonna be a game where Quinn is gonna be a lot more in the defense now. He's got a lot more time with the playbook, a lot more time with that front. I uh, yeah, this is gonna be a disaster. And they're gonna they're gonna run the ball really well. They're gonna be able to do that anytime they want. It could be one of those games where Jalen Hurts has like four total touchdowns. But that would be. I mean, again that. They're gonna, they're gonna hurt. They're gonna hurt really bad. <laughs> like it, it, it's gonna, it's gonna hurt real bad. <laughs> There's not gonna be any it's of this. It's gonna be fun. No. Well. None of, none of it's gonna be any good. Uh, on the upside, we're one week closer to playing Washington. <laughs> and a revenge game against Deshaun Watson. There you go. That's the light at the end of the tunnel. Gotta get through this game. There it is. That's what we're looking for. All right, boys. I can't. I can't find what I'm looking for here. This is gonna annoy you me. Can, you can. It was either. It was either a Thursday night, a Sunday night, or Monday night game. But the announcers were like, and whatever quarterback it was, he was undefeated on that like Sunday night football. He's six and zero, and you're like, really, this guy? You know what? You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to save it for the next show. That's what it's gonna have to be. I am. It's gonna. It's gonna drive me insane. <laughs> All right. Not a long drive. Alrighty, that's it for us. <laughs> it for us here on the show. He's Corey DLG, producer Nico, and I am, of course, Colt Molesky. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you're subscribing, please, wherever you're finding this show. And tuning in later this week, we'll have the full recap of the Thursday Night Football game for you coming later this week. And, of course, thanks as always for tuning in to another episode of Battle Red Radio. <laughs>